You are listening to a bonus episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast. I started this podcast because of my love for two of the most interesting pop stars of my time, Jessica and Ashley Simpson. But due to the overwhelming support of my amazing listeners, I have decided to expand to other pop culture topics as well. I'm going to cover any and everything that I am inspired to talk about in the world of entertainment, music, movies, TV, theater, celebrity relationships. You're going to hear it all on the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Ashley and Jessica cast. Today, we are reaching our Benefer conclusion. It's part three of this romantic saga between Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, and all of us, the world, because <laughs> they let us in, they opened the doors 20 freaking years ago, and we're still interested. And it's not over, by the way. I mean, as of today, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are still together. So who knows where their story will go from here? Will they get married? Will they break up again? I don't know. There's probably going to be a Benefer part four someday. So I should probably title this possibly to be continued. I don't know. But for now, this is going to be the third and final part. To recap, Part one in the series was an overview of everything, basically. Their careers before they met. What made Benefer so over-publicized and over-exposed? I dove into that a lot in the first episode because there's a lot of famous and beautiful and rich celebrity couples, but Benefer was another level. If you were cognizant of what was happening in 2002 and 2003, you remember how absolutely crazy it was. So I dove into that. I dove into some of the ways that Ben pursued Jen before they officially came out as a couple. I talked about what happened in their careers after they broke up and how hard it was for them to make comebacks. It's an hour and a half long episode. I posted a 30-minute preview on the public feed and the full episode is available if you join my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Ashley and Jessicast. It's $5 a month. You can cancel anytime online and you get a ton of bonus episodes, not just Benefer. Of course, there's a lot of Ashley and Jessica. There's mailbag episodes, commentaries. You get early access to episodes. You get ad-free episodes and so much more. It's really awesome. And I love our fan community on there. I love messaging back and forth with all you guys. I always check my Patreon messages first and I I cater to all of my patrons first because they're my trustees and I just love them so much and appreciate them so much. But I really have to give a big thank you to all my listeners, whether you're patrons or not. I am just so appreciative that I have this outlet where I get to show my crazy lady obsessed pop culture side with all of you and meet people that are just as obsessed as I am. It's truly, truly been a wonderful privilege being on here. Please send me requests at any time. I love diving deep into topics like this one. So if you have any pop culture related requests, please let me know. And I think that's all I have to say. Let's not wait any longer. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ashley and Jessicast presents the conclusion of our Benefer series. We pick up in early 2004. Benefer 
was over. But the problem is they still had a movie to promote because the second movie that they had made together, Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl, was about to be released. Now this movie was a step in a completely different direction for Kevin Smith. His movies were known for being indie films with edge. He was considered one of the hot, young, up-and-coming filmmakers of the 90s, and he was the toast of the town after Clerks came out. Then Mallrats came out and did horribly, but then Chasing Amy came out, and he was back in the game, Dogma as well. So he was known for a lot of dirty jokes and films that were not child-friendly, not family-friendly, And then he writes this script about this man who gets married and has a baby. And unfortunately, the wife dies while giving birth to their daughter. And he has to raise the child on his own. And he's this hotshot record executive. So it's really hard for him to balance it all. And then he ends up moving back home to New Jersey with his dad, played brilliantly by George Carlin, and it's about raising this kid and trying to navigate that. Completely different from anything that Ben or Kevin had done before. Personally, I love this movie. I think it's so charming. I think it's a really cute, heartwarming story about a father-daughter relationship and a grandfather-granddaughter relationship The girl that they got to play, Ben and Jennifer's daughter, Raquel Castro, she's so good and she really looks like Jennifer and you just completely can see how they would be mother and daughter. And I just think it's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, give it a try, especially if you're looking for something that will leave a nice feeling, (laughs) you know, if you want a warm, nice, happy feeling when the movie ends and the credits roll, turn on this movie And so because Jennifer is really only in the first 10 minutes of the movie, this definitely is more of a Ben film. So Jennifer did not take part in promoting the movie. She also didn't even go to the premiere. Ben took over the promotional duties as well as Kevin. And they were trying to skew the promo more toward like Kevin Smith and Ben being best friends all these years and Kevin wrote this for Ben and this is a new direction for the both of them and they tried to keep the focus off of Jennifer. Ben famously was not answering any questions about her or anything like that. So when Kevin was doing press for the movie, he was asked if it was Ben who suggested that Jennifer play his wife in the film. And Kevin actually said that the first person who suggested it was Kevin's wife, who's also named Jennifer. She had seen J-Lo in The Wedding Planner. And Ben, of course, vouched for J-Lo as well and seconded that. He says, I think we got the performance that we got out of him because it was J-Lo. One, he was really fucking in love with her when we were shooting that movie. But also on a practical level, if it was not J-Lo and somebody else, he would have been trying to leave the set left and right saying, can we wrap early so I can go meet up with Jen? So the fact that she was there throughout the entire shoot kept him focused. Kevin then went on to back up everything Ben has said about Jennifer being an amazing consummate professional. She was never late. She wasn't a diva. She didn't have an entourage, etc., etc. And then they ask, did you ever give Ben relationship advice? And Kevin says yes and then laughs and goes, he didn't really follow it though. <laughs> so I feel like that implies like that he was messing around with the dancers or whatever because Kevin has been with his wife since I think like 1999 or something like that 
he's always talked very openly about how much he loves her and how faithful he is to her and stuff like that. So, you know, his love life has been a little bit less tumultuous than Ben's. He definitely could afford to take some good advice from Kevin. Jersey Girl was given a limited release on March 9th, 2004 and was widely released on March 26, 2004. Its production budget was $35 million and it ended up grossing $36.1 million. So it wasn't the disaster that Gigli was, but because it was in the shadow of all of that, it seemed just as bad, if not worse. The film's budget included a $10 million paycheck for Ben and a $4 million one for Lopez, which is insane. She was only in the movie for like 10 minutes and she made $4 million. <laughs> oh my god, this business is so crazy. Good for her though, get money. So on June 5th, 2004, Jennifer Lopez married Mark Anthony in a private ceremony. I believe it was in, was it at, in Mark's backyard or something like that? Does everybody remember that picture that came out? It was like, on. it was clearly taken with the longest lens ever. It was grainy, but you could still tell it was Jennifer in a wedding dress. And her relationship with Mark had not even been heavily reported. Like, I remember, I barely even realized that they were actually dating. There were a few reports here and there, but it's not like they were appearing on the red carpet together or anything like that. Jennifer was kind of like hibernating for a lot of 2004 and it was definitely surprising that she married him so quickly. In October 2004, Jennifer started her first press tour post Benifer and post marrying Mark Anthony. It was for the remake of the movie Shall We Dance starring Jennifer, Richard Gere, and Susan Sarandon. They were all on Oprah to promote the movie. What happened? <laughs> That's any general. Okay, okay. Let's just say that we watched you and Ben fall in love. It was, I've never in my life seen such a media frenzy. You were being compared to Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. It, it was, was a the, media frenzy. It was the that wedding was of the century, and then it gets called off. Gail called me like she was engaged herself personally. <laughs> like, oh my God, did you hear? So well, what this happened? Is it. it was a real media frenzy. It was a media frenzy. And I'm going to tell you something. I learned a lot from that media frenzy. Okay. Mm -hmm. There was there was a time when I, when there was the Jennifer that was like. Uh, didn't care, you yeah. know. I was gonna. I wasn't gonna let this business change me. Yeah, you're Jenny was, from the block. I'm Jenny. I'm Jenny from the block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was going to just live my life. I didn't want to become one of these actresses, or you know, kind of like a weird person who's always in their house and yeah. reclusive and don't take pictures of me. You know, I just wanted. I guess it was the Bronx in me. I'm yeah. very ballsy. I'm very. I'm an. I'm a free spirit. I'm open by nature. It's hard for me. Right. But I realized uh, that that had a lot of repercussions. Mm -hmm. Not just. In my professional life, which it does, but in my personal life, with my family, with relationships, with everything. And I think now, well, I know now that it's better for me, as hard as it is for me, that I have to set boundaries. Yes. I have to. Okay. And that was part of what happened with us. You know what I mean? Yes. I realized that it became a real quality of life issue for me. Uh -huh. I, just, it, I wasn't happy. You know, it was bad. It seeps in no matter how much you try to keep it out. And you go, it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. Back to the first question you asked me, you know, does this stuff bother you? 
as much as you try to keep it out and say, you know what, it doesn't matter, this is not true, but it doesn't matter, it just bothers you, and it, and it affects you, and it affects your mom, and it affects your dad, and it affects your, your relationship, it affects everything. I have to start setting more boundaries for my okay. personal life, or it's just not going to be a good life. Okay. And, so and I only you, get one. So if I say to you, you what? It seems to me you got married a little quickly after that breakup, <laughs> you're going to say what? I'm going to say that's, that's a personal, private question. Yeah. So clearly here, she's not sharing that many personal details, and Oprah isn't prying at her either, and she refuses to talk about getting married so quickly after Ben. This starts a different era for J-Lo, where she's not the celebrity that we had seen her be before. There's moments of it, but not only are her projects not as successful, but it almost seems like that relationship was one where not only was she trying to protect it, similar to the way that Ben was handling his relationship with Jennifer Garner, but it also seemed like more competitive with Mark in a way. I feel like a lot of people have spoken about how he was a little bit controlling of her and that's why their relationship ended. I do feel like once Jennifer split from Mark Anthony, she was more of the fabulous J-Lo that we all remember from the late 90s and early 2000s. Does anybody else feel that way? It's kind of subtle if you're not paying attention, but I feel like for fans, it was clear. A year later in June 2005, Ben Affleck married Jennifer Garner. In December of that same year, their first child was born. And in 2008, Ben was asked about his relationship with J-Lo. He said, I think Jen and I made a mistake in that we fell in love, we were excited, and maybe too accessible. I don't think either of us anticipated the degree to which it would take on a world of its own. And that's kind of like what I said before, that they were so in love that they were just kind of like, fuck it, and they really didn't be as careful with their privacy as they maybe should have been. On February 22nd, 2008, Jennifer and Mark's twins, Max and Emmy, were born. Soon after that, Ben commented again on his relationship with J-Lo, stating, If I have a regret, it was doing the Jenny from the Block music video. It not only makes me look like a petulant fool, but it surely qualifies as ungentlemanly. I don't think it was ungentlemanly, but I obviously already gave my opinion on the whole thing, so we can just move on. In January 2009, Ben's second daughter was born. He was asked again about J-Lo and said, I was no longer in control of my life. I thought I wanted certain things, but I didn't. I got lost. I felt suffocated, miserable, and gross. I should never have gone down that route or got sucked into all that publicity. He added that the relationship was bad for his acting credibility, adding, I was typecast as myself. Too many people weren't getting past what they read about me. That was damaging. I can tell from the experience it's bad for you and bad for your career. So I took a break, went away for a while, and let things calm down. Now, he's right, but at the same time, the movies that he was making were not good. Like, they made career choices that were not as sound as the ones that they had made in the past. If they had been making good movies, I think that they probably could have survived this, but they were making either bad or average movies, and that was really what contributed to it. So I think that maybe part of the whole thing of getting wrapped up into this relationship was that they didn't put as much focus on choosing great projects. And 
I understand because sometimes you're just like madly in love and you're just you that's like what you're focused on it's like that's what you're doing is you're like I'm doing this relationship in May 2010 Jennifer made an appearance on the Graham Norton show over in the UK but could any could any relationship kind of survive that no it was a lot Honestly, you know, I've never really talked about it before and you know, I love Ben. He's a great guy But it was a lot for both of us to be under that type of a uh, siege for two years straight It was like we we're on the cover of every magazine every week and it was just I don't know It was just a weird thing that you know media catches on to certain things and they just go crazy with it And that just happened to be one of the things and our relationship I think did suffer because of that not that's not the only reason you know, I would never blame the media for anything you know but, <laughs> but, but I think it definitely played a part in like the dynamic of our relationship in July 2011 Mark Anthony and Jennifer split up and in February 2012 Ben's third child Samuel was born he was asked in GQ magazine that same year about his split from JLo and he said, I think I just ran away. You can only handle so much. I moved for a while to this place in Georgia that I have. I was able to get away by and large from stuff. Come up with a plan for how to do something with my life that doesn't put me in the crosshairs of this sort of thing. And that makes sense because as I said, he never, ever, ever did that kind of thing with Jennifer Garner. He kept their relationship very private. Later on in 2012, he was asked about Jennifer Lopez again in The Hollywood Reporter. And he said, we don't have the kind of relationship where she relies on me for advice, but we do have the kind of relationship where there'll be an email saying, oh, your movie looks great. I remember when she got American Idol. I said, this was really smart. Good luck. I touch base. I respect her. I like her. She's put up with some stuff that was unfair in her life, and I'm really pleased to see her successful. So I really like how classy they kept it in the press over the years. Not every couple does that. <clears throat> Nick Lachey. In 2013, Jennifer opened up about seeing her many famous exes out and about. And this is something I always wonder about being a celebrity. Like, it must be so weird to date another celebrity and then have to constantly be reminded about them basically the whole rest of your life. So around this time, Ben really starts to have this career resurgence in terms of being a writer again. He had two successful directorial efforts with Gone Baby Gone and The Town. And then in 2012, he directed and starred in Argo, which went on to win Best Picture at the Oscars. At the Golden Globes that year, Jennifer was seen giving Ben a standing ovation as he accepted the Best Picture Golden Globe for Argo and later spoke about it in multiple interviews. And I remember when that happened. I remember how it was reported everywhere that people were like, look at J-Lo standing over there giving him a standing ovation. You know, clearly all these years later, they don't have any hard feelings about what happened. Jennifer said, it was a great movie. They were really hard on us in the press when we dated back in the day on movies and things like that. It was nice to see him have that moment. I was really happy for him. We talk and, you know, we, we email, more email than anything. So you guys are on really good terms yeah. and all that. And were you happy for him? I, I was, was happy because so... I happen to love Argo. I was so happy for him, you know, like I said, and I've said this before, you know, we got such a hard time impressing the movies and they were like, oh, this is all their careers, this and that. And to look at myself and to look at him now and to have him, he's one best picture at the Golden Globes that he directed the movie. It's like, yes, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for you. This is a great thing. So yeah, I gave him a standing ovation and felt really 
I don't know, kind of like, wow, good. good I think for it was you. special, too, because he really got snubbed by the Oscars. He well, didn't even he get nominated. He got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, too. But not nominated for Best Director, and a lot of people thought that should You know what? You win some, you happened. lose some. I think he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he won the Film Critics, Best Director, Best Actor. He won at the Globes that night. He's nominated for Best Picture. He not he's nominated for an Oscar for one of the Best Pictures of the Year That's that he directed and starred in. It's okay. In 2014, Jennifer Lopez released a book called True Love. To me, this book is very glossy. Like, it's not an open book kind of situation, you know? Obviously, I'm referencing Jessica's book. It's still kind of guarded. She doesn't give that much information about her love life, in my opinion. What I really want to see from Jennifer is a full-on memoir in the style of open book. I want to hear her story from top to bottom, and I want the real story about everything. Maybe in a few years we can expect that from her. But in this book, she talked about the relationship with Ben and how it was her first real heartbreak, which is very interesting because obviously she was married two times before plus she had the relationship with Puffy plus she had a nine-year relationship with her first boyfriend who she actually recently talked about this year she talked about him in a Rolling Stone article because he unfortunately passed away and she talked about how much he meant to her and all of that so she had all of these serious relationships but Ben was her first real heartbreak like that's a shocking statement it was. It was my first big heartbreak. Yeah. Like, I had been heartbroken, like, when I was, like, 13 years old, my first puppy love type thing. Yeah. And I had, you know, breakups and things like that, but I never felt heartbroken mm -hmm. until we called off that wedding. You know what I mean? It was really devastating to me. I don't know, maybe because it was so public, and we, I really felt like, you know, I had found somebody great, and he had found somebody great, and we thought we could make it work, and it was like outside things really played into that relationship right. in a way that I could have never expected. I was at the height kind of of like the J-Lo days, and the, fa the fame was really big at that yeah. moment, and it was just a hard situation, and it was, it was a devastating breakup. She says, it felt like my heart had been torn out of my chest. People do lots of things to anesthetize themselves in moments like these. Some people do drugs, some people drink and go out and party. Is that a reference to how Ben was dealing with it? Who knows? She explains, I sought out comfort in another person, tried to find someone who could make me feel loved and wanted in my loneliest hours. And that was the moment when Mark reappeared in my life. Mark came back into my life three days after I should have been at the altar saying I do to another man. So this isn't very healthy, right? Like she's saying some people do drugs and drink, but I sought out comfort at another person. Like that's so much healthier. It's really not. I mean, I'm not surprised that the relationship with Mark didn't really work because that's not healthy. You know, she should have spent time getting to know herself and spending time alone. But I think she's really one of those people that kind of needs a partner and needs to be in a relationship. And because she's so gorgeous and talented and stuff, of course there's going to be men flocking to her at all times. Like she could have any guy she wants. So it's probably really hard for her to just spend time alone focusing on herself. In October 2014, she revealed more about her relationship with Ben Affleck. And she says that they had an immediate infatuation and she said I felt like okay this is it but sometimes I feel like what you think people are and how you see them when you love them is different than what they reveal later I realize that's not always a great thing as cool as it is in the beginning it has to sustain beyond that and be something that has a real basis to it and can go beyond just that beginning honeymoon phase 
I'm surprised she said something that negative about him, especially all of these years later. This is 2014, so it's 10 years after their breakup. In 2015, Matt Damon was doing an interview with The Hollywood Reporter and said of Ben, there's nobody who's more misunderstood. 10 years ago, the public image of him could not have been further apart from who he actually is. It was like he was being cast in a role that he was a talentless kind of meathead with his whole relationship with Jennifer Lopez. He just got cast as this person that he wasn't. It was just really painful. It was painful to be his friend because it wasn't fair. To my mind, nobody really got him at all. Also in 2015, Jennifer was on HuffPost Live and she said, I think the worst, probably lowest point in my life was the whole Gili era. It was pretty tough. It was a very badly reviewed film. It was a high profile relationship at the time that fell apart in a really bad way. And so the kind of mix of those two things and the tabloid press had just come into existence at the time. So I was like a poster child for that moment. I was in the tabloids every other week about how my life was falling apart. It was a tough time. In June 2015, Ben and Jennifer Garner announced their divorce. And in 2016, Jennifer Lopez did an interview with People and she said, We didn't try to have a public relationship. We just happened to be together at the birth of the tabloids and it was like, oh my god. It was just a lot of pressure. I think different time, different thing, who knows what could have happened. But there was a genuine love there. You just wait a few years, honeybee. You're going to get him back. She also said that Ben didn't love her entourage. There's a lot of people in my life and that's hard. There's people in the house, there's hair and makeup. It's a lot, I think, for someone to deal with. Which is funny, right? Because during the whole Benefer press tour, they kept saying that they she didn't actually have an entourage and that she was easy to deal with. So... Were they lying? I don't know. In Vanity Fair in 2017, Jennifer said, I lost my sense of self, questioned if I belonged in this business, thought maybe I did suck at everything. And my relationship with Ben self-destructed in front of the entire world. It was a two-year thing for me until I picked myself up again. Now remember, Jennifer has constantly been called a bad actress and a bad singer in the press, so I think that's what she's referring to here. And yes, she's had moments of bad singing and bad acting but she's also had shining wonderful moments of both in my opinion so just because she isn't Meryl Streep doesn't mean that she isn't talented and I think the whole world piling on top of her at this time must have really caused a dark time and even though maybe it wasn't the healthiest thing for her to jump right into a marriage with Mark Anthony maybe that's what she needed at the time she needed a partner to support her and make her feel good about herself if her career is sliding downhill and she's not getting that validation from fans and stuff it makes sense so in march of 2017 jennifer and alex rodriguez begin dating and in march 2019 they get engaged in early 2020 ben said about jennifer's performance in hustlers she should have been nominated I keep in touch periodically with her and I have a lot of respect for her. How awesome is it that she had her biggest hit movie at age 50? That's fucking baller. <laughs> He's right. From March 2020 to January 2021, Ben had a very highly publicized relationship with Ana de Armas. Also in January 2021, Ben spoke more about Jennifer and he said, People were so fucking mean about her. Sexist, racist, Ugly, vicious shit was written about her in ways that if you wrote it now, you would literally be fired for saying those things. 
I would say you have a better shot coming from the Bronx of ending up as Justice Sonia Sotomayor on the Supreme Court than you do of having Jennifer Lopez's career and being the woman that she is at 50 years old today. So soon after his breakup with Ana de Armas, rumors started swirling that Ben had seen pictures of Jennifer filming this new movie that she has coming out later this year called Shotgun Wedding. It's a rom-com with her and Josh Dumel. She was in the Dominican Republic filming it and apparently he saw pictures of how hot she looked and decided to reach out via email and tell her how great she was looking and how much he wished he could be in the Dominican Republic with her. Apparently they emailed a lot back and forth until Jennifer's shoot wrapped up in April. Now, for months, it had been speculated that A-Rod had been cheating on J-Lo, and he had very famously cheated on his wife, and he was open about that. He was honest about that. He had said that he was a reformed man and that he was young back then and he wasn't ready to commit to someone, but with Jennifer, he was ready to commit. If you want to Google what happened between A-Rod and J-Lo, I think it's actually pretty interesting how she decided to spin the whole situation. I think they actually broke up long before they officially announced their breakup. And I think it was because she wanted to pull the narrative away from a victim narrative. She didn't want to look like the older woman that had been cheated on with a younger woman. And she didn't want to look like an idiot. So I think she left him immediately after it became clear that he was cheating but she made it seem like they were still together so that she could take the reins and break up with him when she wanted to break up with him publicly. Fuck him, honestly, like, grow up. You know, honest, I just can't with men. These men have to understand that this is J-Lo. Like, this isn't some girl, like, <laughs> that you can just walk all over. Not that any woman deserves that, but come on, it's freaking J-Lo. Like, you're not just gonna have to answer to her. You're gonna have to answer to the world. Like, people are reporting on this shit. You look so dumb right now. In April 2021, Jennifer Lopez did this big cover story with InStyle about her pop cultural impact. And Mark Anthony and Ben both made absolutely glowing, beautiful statements about her. And in my opinion, this was her effort to continue to look better and better compared to A-Rod in the press. Like here were her exes coming back and saying, this woman is so amazing. Because if her exes are saying this about her, obviously the problem between her and A-Rod wasn't her fault, you know? It must have been his fault if even her exes are saying how wonderful she is. So this is what Ben said about her. I thought I had a good work ethic, but I was completely humbled and blown away by what Jennifer was committed to doing day in and day out. The seriousness in which she took her work, the quiet and dedicated way she went about accomplishing her goals, and then how she would go back and redouble her efforts, Affleck said. She remains to this day the hardest working person I've come across in this business. She has great talent, but she has also worked very hard for her success, and I'm so happy for her that she seems, at long last, to be getting the credit that she deserves. Affleck also jokingly questioned where Lopez, 51, keeps her fountain of youth, asking, why do you look the same that you did in 2003, and it kinda looks like I'm in my 40s at best. On April 29th, 2021, Ben and J-Lo were seen hanging out together in LA, and I didn't really think anything of this. I didn't think they were getting back together. I mean, they both have houses in LA, 
they're just two exes who remained in touch and remained friends meeting up you know it didn't necessarily mean that they were back together but for me the thing that convinced me that this was actually happening was when Ben took Jennifer on a trip to Montana I'll never forget it because my mom and I were on a trip for Mother's Day (laughs) and the pictures came out when we were on the way home and I was on my phone looking at them my mom was driving and I was like mom I was like it's official Jennifer and Ben are back together and she was like no way let me see (laughs) like even though she's driving she's like let me see and I showed her the pictures of them together in the car and I was like look this means it's it's actually on because yes, they can meet in LA for a cup of coffee or dinner or whatever, but that doesn't mean they're back together. But for them to go on a trip to Montana of all places, I mean, it's not like they're working there or something like that. Like, no, they went on a trip to Montana together to rekindle something and this is actually happening now. It was just so much fun seeing these pictures, seeing them back together after all these years because it played into a few things that I think people really are obsessed with. The first is nostalgia, obviously. We all remember back in the day, everything I talked about in episode one and two. We were brought right back to 2003 and our childhoods. And I think anything that's going to remind us of that and like reignite something from that time is going to make us feel good and kind of release these endorphins into our system. And it's funny because Juicy Couture tracksuits are also back in style and they're selling for hundreds and hundreds of dollars again. And the same music that we were all into back then is being discovered by Gen Zers. I see all of these Y2K Instagrams and they're discovering even the less popular artists like Willa Ford or Samantha Mumba, Christina Milian. Like the 2000s are back in such a big way. And I think that's why some people do think that this relationship is a contrivance and just a PR relationship because it kind of goes with this whole narrative. The 2000s are back and Ben and Jen, it's like almost meta. It's not just the trends and the music that are back. It's the relationship is back too, you know? And also, there's something that I think is really important here that people are obsessed with, which is the one that got away. It's a very common narrative in film and television and music. I mean, there's even a Katy Perry song called The One That Got Away, but there's so many songs that aren't even tight. They don't put that find a point onto it but they're about that and I think that we all sometimes wonder about our exes right because anytime you were truly in love with someone and you had this really happy time together of course you're always gonna think about them in some way especially if it was a truly meaningful relationship and something that you were planning to take to marriage and have children and beyond it's going to mean something to you for the rest of your life even if you're very much over that person and you've moved on and you have a new husband and you have children with somebody else sometimes people just stick with you you can still feel this little bit of longing and say to yourself well what if things had been different you know and you could even look back on what tore apart a relationship and say we don't have those problems anymore we're not in that place anymore and like I said I just think it's so remarkable they broke up in 2004 they got back together in 2021 that's beyond To me, that's so crazy because it's not like, as I've said in the past, it's not like they got back together five years later. It's 17 years of being apart. 17 years of not being intimate with each other. 17 years of bringing somebody else home to mom and saying, this is my wife or this is my husband. 17 years of having children with somebody else. 
I mean, it's really unbelievable. Like, it's just such a big passage of time. I think most of us who didn't just have a high school sweetheart and marry them and have it last forever, I think most of us do have that person that kind of stays in the back of our mind in a different way than the rest of the people, you know? You could think to yourself, well, one of the reasons we broke up is because I was neurotic about X, Y, and Z. And that was 17 years ago. I'm not like that anymore. I've grown up. You know, the difference between early 30s and early 50s in people's lives is huge. And I just think it's so romantic that they still relate to each other on that level because the person that you were interested in 20 years ago, the person that you would have a relationship with 20 years ago is not necessarily going to be the person that you would have a relationship with today. But maybe if that person came back and they had grown too and the things that they were doing to put me through those things didn't happen anymore who knows I also think that it feeds into this fantasy that we all have that our ex is just torn apart <laughs> not that Ben or Jen have been torn apart watching the other one all these years from afar but it's kind of like in the notebook when he builds that house with blue shutters in the wraparound porch because she had told him when they were 17 that that was the house that she wanted and he was building it not because he necessarily thought that she was going to come back into his life and see the house and be like oh my god I love you let's get back together but he promised her that he would do that and so just I think for his own sanity he wanted to fulfill that promise in some way and that's the house that she loves so that's the house that he's going to build and it probably also made him feel closer to her even though they couldn't be together she sees that house and it's like I think we all want that moment of my ex no matter what happened between us still holds me in this reverence I still have this meaning to him or her it's not just a loss I think we all want to believe that the relationships in our life every single one are significant we want to believe everything happens for a reason we want to believe that there is a solid reason why I went through that pain or I put that person through that pain or we went through that hell together and I think that that's why it's so hard sometimes to give up relationships even when the relationship is so bad and everything is so fraught and you get into a fight just walking from the house to the car because things are so bad at that point but you've invested so much and you want to believe like I've invested so much I have to get something more out of this we have to end up together or this is going to feel like a total loss especially when you have something like Benifer which was embarrassing for the both of them and ruined their careers and made them look stupid and made them look like fame whores and all of that kind of stuff you want to feel like that wasn't a total loss and it wasn't because it was the beginning of now what could be the love of their life. Ben and Jen could be each other's one that got away, love of their lives. They could be sitting on the front porch of their houses when they're 80 years old together and hanging out with their grandchildren. Of course, this is a Hollywood relationship. I'm not gonna act like a Nicholas Sparks novel anymore. I know, I know, the chances of them staying together forever is very low. But I think that, I think that they're both people that I really want to see find this love because Ben has been through so much hell with his substance abuse issues. Who knows if he cheated on J-Lo or not. He was also accused of cheating on Jennifer Garner with the nanny. And he did have a relationship with their nanny. That is true. But Jennifer Garner's come forward and said that they were separated for a long time before he ever got with the nanny so she doesn't feel like he cheated but you know of course she doesn't really know who really knows but no matter what his issues have been I think that like I was talking about in the first episode he's just so 
goddamn endearing to me. There's something about Ben Affleck, and maybe it's because I just have a crush on Boston guys in general. It's like the the Boston type of guy is like no matter what they do and how much of an idiot they act like, they're hot. I don't like I don't understand why. <laughs> but there's just something about Ben, like, you know, the fact that he got that ridiculous Phoenix tattoo on his back after his breakup with Jennifer Garner, and she said, Oh, bless his heart, you know, in this very condescending way, like, mm, happy I got away from that person. What kind of idiot gets that disgustingly huge, ugly tattoo that's not even well done on his back? It's like, dude, you're you're an actor. Like, you need to be a clean slate. Like, you can't. That's why actors don't have sleeves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, a lot of actors have tattoos, but they're things you can easily cover with makeup. I mean, to do that to your back, like, he must have really fucking wanted that tattoo. And it looks so ridiculous and stupid. And it's like... It's like, you know, this person is so successful and a millionaire and has been with all these gorgeous women and, and has these beautiful kids and a happy life. And But he still is like in and out of rehab and getting a phoenix tattooed on his back. And you just want to see him like, in a, you just want to see him in a good place. You want to see him standing on the red carpet in 2021 with J-Lo and they both look flawless and they both look so happy and they look like they're on top of the world and they're the American dream again and all of that shit. And then Jennifer is the girl who has everything, right? She came from the Bronx. We all know that, <laughs> you know? Pretty sure her gravestone will say Jenny from the block, you know? She became a huge movie star. Then she became a huge music star. Then she started with the merchandise and the clothes and the perfume and the producing and breaking down barriers and number one album and movie at the same time and first Latina paid a million dollars for a movie and all of the rest of it and she just can't get it right with romance and that's the thing that she says is the most important thing to her in life is love and you just see her go from serious relationship to serious relationship and this is it and this is different and it never is. And you just want to see her actually in a lasting relationship. You know, because I think people dismiss actors and, and celebrities and think of them as so flaky and flighty with their relationships. But the truth is, like, there are a lot of celebrities that have been together for decades. My personal favorite is Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. And I've taken some relationship advice that they've revealed in interviews and applied it to my real life. I really have because they've been together so long, like 40 years at this point, and they're always asked in every single interview, no matter what the interview is about, they're always asked, how do you do it? How do you keep it together after all these years? And some of the things they've said are really poignant and meaningful to me at the end of the day. I know a lot of people think, oh, JLo is just a fame hungry attention-seeking, robotic kind of person who just will do anything for a good picture or for more money or for more fame or whatever. But at the end of the day, these celebrities are still people. Like, I think I think that the public in general and especially people that love gossip or blind items or tabloids or whatever, sometimes they can just be very cynical and they're just like, it's all for show. It's all fake. But even the most fame hungry person is still a person at the end of the day and still has the same needs and wants as all of us so I really do empathize with her and when I saw her breakup with A-Rod I felt really bad for her not just because he cheated and how ridiculous is that I mean 
Think about being Jennifer and having everything that you ever wanted in the world, but you're still just getting cheated on by some guy. Like, are you kidding me? She must feel so powerless because it's like the one thing that she can't just like work harder and achieve more at you know in order to have a successful relationship it takes two people and she could work her ass off the way she does with music and movies and her entrepreneurial pursuits but she can't make it work unless that person wants to be there with her and make it work with her too so I imagine it's extremely frustrating for her and extremely hurtful for her to go through these things and I really want to see them make it you know I really want to see them succeed at this relationship and live happily ever after on may 23rd 2021 ben and jennifer were spotted in miami which is where jennifer had a house for a very long time i believe she lived there with mark anthony and with a rod and these are the pictures where it looks like jennifer has just been dicked down so hard like <laughs> it's they're like coming out of a of a house or something and her hair is like all messy and she has a big smile on her face <laughs> and I'm like that girl just had an orgasm you know it's just the look on her face you just you just know what happened in there <laughs> and it was also reported that Ben was wearing a watch and fans noticed that it is the watch that Jennifer gave him back during their original relationship. Now the stand that I am, I didn't even know about this watch, but it is true. She gave him a fancy expensive watch all those years ago and he held on to it and was wearing it again on their little trip to Miami. On June 9th, 2021, Ben Affleck was spotted with JLo's mom, Guadalupe, in a casino. Now, a source told People Magazine, in the past, Jennifer's mom and Ben were very close. Guadalupe loved Ben. She was sad when they couldn't work out things years ago and she is thrilled that they are back together now. I believe this because I remember back in 2002-2003, Ben and Guadalupe would gamble together and Jennifer isn't really super into gambling but of course you know we know that Ben struggles with a gambling addiction and I don't know that her mother is addicted to gambling but her mother actually won like two million dollars in Vegas when Ben and Jen were originally together so her mother quite enjoys gambling as well and apparently Ben was filming a movie in Vegas and had Jennifer's mother come there to film a fun cameo that's what the the source that spoke to people said. So I'm really interested about that because I just think that's so funny. And there's something so nice about the familiarity of that, that so soon after they get back together, he's calling Jennifer's mother and having her do a cameo in his movie. There's just something very sweet about that. In July, Ben and Jen went on a vacation together throughout Italy. They spent some time in Capri. They spent time on yachts. They had romantic dinners all across Italy and you just looked at them and it was again the same feeling from the past of like damn they are gorgeous they're rich they're jet setting they can do whatever they want <laughs> you know on July 24th 2021 Jennifer turned 52 years old and she posted the first picture of Ben on her Instagram feed now I thought this was interesting when she shared this picture because even though 
Ben and Jen both said that they learned a lot after their breakup about keeping relationships private and not being known for being a tabloid fixture. Jennifer's relationship with A-Rod was very public. They used to post tons of pictures on each of their Instagrams and it wasn't just the two of them. They shared pictures of their children and you know when it was Jennifer's twins birthday A-Rod would post a ton of pictures of them all together saying happy birthday Emmy and Max I love you so much and all that kind of stuff they were very much a family A-Rod's daughters and J-Lo's twins were always hanging out and it was very evident that these two were a real couple and they were going to at least attempt to spend the rest of their lives together and Jennifer also had a YouTube channel for a while and so did A-Rod. I know that they were business partners together so I wonder if this was an effort to kind of brand them as a couple and not just individually which again Jennifer should know better based on what happened with Ben but for a while they would be followed around by cameras and they would make these YouTube vlogs like it was just really weird that they were vloggers suddenly and I remember them vlogging the Oscars and getting ready for that and some other events that they were going to and they would show them on a private jet and A-Rod would ask Jennifer some question about her career and how do you feel about this it was just kind of cool because you got to know them as a couple and you got to know their dynamic and I remember when Jennifer was getting ready for a really big event I, I it might have been the Oscars or another one I thought they seemed like a good couple because Jennifer's like surrounded by tons of people she's you know Miss Diva getting done up and it's taking hours and all A-Rod has to do is basically shower brush his hair and put on a suit and the vibe between them seemed so nice like I remember watching it and thinking oh he gets her like he's just gonna let her be he's not trying to rush her he's not annoyed that there's tons of people in the house he's just like yep this is who she is like she she loves glamour she loves dressing up she loves the celebrity part of what she does and I'm just gonna let her do her thing like it seemed like they were a good couple but the fact that I even know that is weird, right? Because it's like they really were letting people in. So I don't know if they were trying to get a reality show or what, but it seemed very strange when you consider that Jennifer seemed to have done soul searching after losing Ben the first time and reflecting on the fact that they were too out there in the media and the press. It's like, why would you then put your new relationship out there? I mean, can you imagine right now if Jennifer started vlogging about her and Ben getting ready for an award show or something like that would be so weird and that would feel so like why are you revealing this you know when things got so crazy the last time so I don't know it's just something to note she's not posting pictures of her and Ben but she did that all the time with A-Rod it's one of the things that makes me think that her reunion with Ben is actually real it's funny because when I listen to other podcasts and watch other, you know, commentators talk about this, some people literally think it's laughable that anyone would think that they are actually reunited. They're like, it's so obviously PR, how could you fall for it? And then there's other people that are like, no, they're madly in love, they're back together, it's an epic love story, this is not just for PR. And I said in the last episode that... I was kind of undecided and I think I'm going to reveal my final decision at the end of the episode but this is one of the things that makes me feel like they are not just in a PR relationship because Jennifer doesn't post on her Instagram about him not really like even when there's an event that they went to together and they appeared on the red carpet together and there's clearly 
anyone can look up and see pictures of them on the red carpet together. Jennifer will not post pictures of them together on her actual Instagram. She knows they're out there, right? Obviously, even when it was his premiere of The Last Duel. Like, she didn't put a picture of them two together on her Instagram. She just posted a picture of herself. I just went back to make sure that I was being truthful, and I'm actually wrong. So she posted three Instagrams about The Last Duel premiere. The first one's a video of her alone on the red carpet, no Ben in sight. The second one is her alone, no Ben, and then when you swipe over to the other picture... It's her watching him do an interview, but that's not the main picture, right? It's like if you just went to her feed and started scrolling through and didn't know she was back with Ben, you wouldn't necessarily know that because she's not publicizing it the way that she did in the past. And then the third uh, one that she posted is just her alone on the red carpet. So she didn't post any pictures of them to pose together on the red carpet. And also the captions just say the last dual premiere and she'll, she tags like who did her hair and makeup and stuff. She's keeping her support of him private. Like he probably knows that she supports him and she doesn't feel like she has to post it publicly. That was the last dual premiere in New York City, the one in Venice at the Venice Film Festival. I'm looking at that and she literally posted nothing with Ben. She posted a reel about it and she goes, today is the premiere of The Last Duel at the Venice Film Festival and they're showing all of these pictures and videos of her, but no Ben. There's multiple pictures and and videos where you can tell he's right next to her but they completely cut him off in this caption she writes I had such a beautiful time and I'm so excited for you guys to see this movie it's the first script Matt and Ben have written together along with Nicole Holofcener since Goodwill Hunting and it's amazing the acting by the whole cast is fantastic Jodie Comer plays the lead and she is awesome it was a magical trip and I hope you enjoy the pics so interesting right because when she does decide to share her support it's kind of inconsistent right it's like sometimes she does sometimes she doesn't and I think that's fine like why does she have to shove it down our throats (laughs) you know like it's we already we already did that but it's kind of interesting because it keeps you guessing right which kind of makes me think it is PR because here I am sitting going over it and saying okay well here she voiced her support and and talked about how good the movie is and then here she didn't and here she posted a picture of Ben but here she didn't and no personal pictures of her and Ben at all she doesn't share anything of just the two of them or the two of them with their kids or her kids. And with A-Rod, like I said, it was the complete opposite. She shared personal pictures of the two of them all the time. So did he. It was very much like that seemed more like a PR relationship. I believe they were actually together for real. But that seemed more like, hey, look at us. We're going to be this happy new blended family. And it was very out there. So in addition to them going Instagram official on Jennifer's birthday, another thing that happened that is a cultural touchstone of our times is that they were on a yacht together very much like when they were on a yacht in the Jenny from the Block video we all remember Jennifer's wearing that hot pink bikini she looks gorgeous and Ben is seen literally kissing her ass and touching her ass rubbing all up on her they both look perfect etc etc Ben and Jennifer were on a yacht together again in 2021 and Once again, they were pictured this way. They were in the same type of pose. She's laying on her stomach. His hand is on her butt. And there's even one picture of them where her tongue is like hanging out. Like (laughs) 
it's just a really funny shot of her. We're used to seeing her so glamorous and stuff. And her tongue is just like hanging out. It's almost like her reaction to him rubbing up on her ass is to like have her tongue wagging. It's just very funny. It was just a very funny image to see because it looked like they were recreating the scene from the Jenny from the blog video, which was something that they had both since renounced as maybe not such a good idea that they had done that video and stuff. But now here they are recreating it and it was just too much of a coincidence to not be done on purpose. I think it's one thing that really made people think that they were just a PR relationship because it was just too much. It was like, why are you in this exact same pose on a yacht, which is the exact same place that you were the last time we saw you this way in the Jenny from the Block video. So it just had a ton of people talking. So Jennifer did a interview with People Magazine in February of 2022 and she laughed off the suggestion that they were recreating this moment. The viral moment occurred while the power couple were vacationing in San Tropez last year to ring in JLo's 52nd birthday. In a snap caught by the paparazzi, the A-lister and her movie star beau appear in virtually identical positions to the famous shot from the 2002 visual with Affleck's hand lingering on JLo's backside as she lounges in a bikini. We were just on a boat. There was no recreation, she told the magazine. I was lying down. It was a trip I like to take for my birthday, but no, we were not intentionally recreating it. I didn't know there were paparazzi out in the middle of the ocean either. Really, JLo? You didn't? Because it seems like you, in 2002, knew that <laughs> people photograph you when you're out on a yacht in the middle of nowhere. It seems like you knew that 20 years ago, so I'm pretty sure that if you knew it 20 years ago, you know it now. Like, I don't really think that it was a mistake. I think that whether or not this relationship is PR or whether it's real, even if it's real, they're definitely taking advantage of the PR that comes with a union like this. Yes, she's not posting Instagrams of him and they're not talking about each other as much as they did in 2002, 2003, but they are still including this relationship in their current narrative and they are talking about it kind of just enough to keep people interested but not too much where it's going to destroy the relationship again also I think the tabloid culture is just not in the same place like people are not as obsessed with Benefer as they once were obviously I am but I would say your average person is just like yeah isn't that crazy they're back together wow but they're not <laughs> they're not sitting here doing multiple hours of podcasts about them like I am Ben started promoting the last duel in August and he was speaking to the Wall Street Journal he said, I am very lucky in my life that I have benefited from second chances and I am aware that other people don't even get first chances. I've had second chances in my career. I've had second chances as a human being. Life is difficult and we are always failing and hopefully learning from those failures. The one thing you really need to avail yourself of the opportunities provided from that growth is the second chance. And then they asked about his reunion with JLo and he said I can say that it's definitely beautiful to me my life now reflects not just the person that I want to be but the person that I really feel like I am which is not perfect but somebody who tries very hard and cares very much about being honest and authentic and accountable on August 23rd, 2021, Ben Affleck was spotted at a Tiffany & Co. in Century City, California, which of course spurred rumors that he was going to ask J-Lo to marry him again. 
And my thing with this is like, Ben Affleck does not go into Tiffany to look for an engagement ring. You know what I mean? Tiffany will come to Ben Affleck, <laughs> as will any other diamond company. You know, he got the pink diamond from Harry Winston. He didn't just go into the Harry Winston store and say, hey guys, um, <laughs> what's up? What do you guys have available? No. When he decides, if he decides to propose to Jennifer, he's not, we're not going to know about it unless this is just a PR relationship and they want to drum up publicity. So E! News reported that Ben was actually there for a scavenger hunt because he was there with his son and his mother so that's weird right like who what kind of rich person scavenger hunt takes place at tiffany's <laughs> i mean these people like <laughs> what the hell a little bit of a different life for ben's son there don't you think like <laughs> When my mom did a scavenger hunt for me, it didn't include a stop at Tiffany's, but you know. On September 10th, 2021, Ben and Jen made their red carpet debut again. As I was talking about before, this was the premiere of The Last Duel at the Venice Film Festival, and they were spotted all over Venice together. Jennifer was looking fabulous. She had many perfect outfits. They went on a boat together. Of course, it's Venice. There were a lot of paparazzi pictures. Kevin Smith was asked about the Benefer reunion, and he told E! News, you know, I could have done without the name coming back. And he suggested that maybe they could use J. Fleck instead this time around. I was around when those kids were like first dating, he recalled. They started dating while we were making Jersey Girl, and it made you up the ante of your relationship. It made you want to be a better husband because he was like, stellar as a boyfriend and stuff so it's nice to see them you know life happens like that sometimes you circle back to the people who made the difference made the most difference in your life i'm happy for a man you know like more pictures that's what i say <laughs> i love kevin he also claimed that he coined the term benefer he said that he gave it to them when they were working on jersey girl and then he dropped the name in an interview in the new york times and then shortly thereafter it entered the vernacular which i have no idea if that's true and i really do not have any desire to do even more research on these people than i already have so i'm not gonna look it up but i wonder if that's true if anyone has the free time and they want to figure out did anyone before kevin smith in the new york times use the term uh, Benefer. Very curious to see if that's true. I'm not saying Kevin is lying or anything, but I feel like he might be mistaken, but I really am not 100% sure. Ben continued his press tour for The Last Duel, again doing an interview in September of 2021. He said in an interview with Matt Damon for Entertainment Weekly, if the reaction to Gili hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't have ultimately decided I don't really have any other avenue but to direct movies, which has turned out to be the real love of my professional life. So in those ways, it's a gift. And I did get to meet Jennifer, the relationship with whom has been really meaningful to me in my life. In December 2021, Ben was promoting his most recent movie called The Tender Bar. It's a film that he stars in that's directed by George Clooney. He was on Howard Stern to promote it. And I listened to this entire two-hour interview and... I thought that Ben was very honest in it. He talked a lot about his alcoholism and his relationship with his father and how those two things are related. He talked barely about Jennifer Lopez at all, which I thought was really 
another sign that this is not a PR relationship. Howard barely asked about JLo, which is very unusual for him because if you're a frequent listener of Howard Stern, and I'm a fan of his, I've talked about him before on this podcast, Howard loves romance. He talks about romance all the time, and it's one of the reasons why his fans from back in the day say he's sold out, you know, because he's not as sexual and silly as he used to be, and now he's more interested in thoughtful conversations about relationships as opposed to in the past when he would just say, so do you guys do anal or whatever? When he interviews celebrities, he's always like, oh, I love romance. Like, tell me about how you met and so on and so forth. And for him not to take advantage of this situation, having been for a two-hour interview, I guarantee you Ben's PR people told him you can't ask much about J-Lo. Like keep the conversation away from J-Lo. I guarantee it because there's no way that Howard would not ask about it. Seriously. So that's one of the things that makes me think that maybe it is real because Ben seems to be being protective over his relationship with her. Whereas if this was in 2002 and he did a Howard Stern interview, the entire interview would have been about Jennifer. I have no doubt. So Ben caught a lot of flack because he said that if he hadn't split from Jennifer Garner in 2015, he'd probably still be drinking. And he said, it's part of why I started drinking because I was trapped, meaning he was trapped in his marriage. I think that he really got some wrongful flack for this because if you listen to the whole two-hour interview, I feel like it makes more sense and you understand what he's saying more. He wasn't saying that it was Jennifer Garner's fault in any way. And I remember the day that this happened because everybody was posting in support of Jennifer Garner and saying, hey, remember when Jennifer drove Ben to rehab for the umpteenth time? And remember when she begged the paparazzi to leave them alone? And remember everything she did for him and how amazing she was? And how dare he say that she trapped him? And he wasn't really saying that there was anything wrong with her. He was talking more about the relationship in general like when you talk about a past relationship and you're saying that you were trapped in it it's not necessarily oh this person trapped me like this woman trapped me and ruined my life no he was saying that the relationship wasn't the right relationship and he felt trapped in it not that there was anything wrong with Jennifer Garner herself but just their relationship And I think that he should have maybe clarified that a little bit more. But because he was in this long two-hour interview with Howard, he got comfortable. And Howard is a wizard and a master at getting these things out of people. I mean, he's truly incredible at making people feel comfortable and talking about really personal things. And you can tell how in the moment, sometimes it just feels like two buddies are talking. And sometimes it even feels like, ooh, I feel like I'm sitting in on a conversation that maybe I shouldn't be hearing and Howard is just so good at getting celebrities that comfortable so I think that Ben kind of forgot for a moment that you have to be incredibly clear about your sentences because of course media outlets are going to pull the worst sounding sentence and quote that and then write a whole story around how you're a terrible person who is coming out and talking badly about your angel of an ex-wife that everyone loves, you know, America's sweetheart, Jennifer Garner. So it made him look really bad. And he came out and clarified his comments. He appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he said that after investigating why what he thought was an honest interview was causing such a stir, he came to conclude that his words had been turned into clickbait. 
They had literally taken the conversation I had for two hours and made it seem as if I was saying the exact opposite of what I said. I had gone on and said like how much we respect each other and cared about each other and cared about our kids and put them first and went through our stuff. And they said I had blamed my ex-wife for my alcoholism and that I was trapped and just made me out to be the worst, insensitive, stupid, awful guy. It's not true. I don't believe that. It's the exact opposite of who I am and what I believe. And I'm with him on this. I think it was really wrong how the world attacked him after this. I don't think that he meant to diss Jen at all. Like I said, he then even admitted that the whole situation kind of hurt his feelings. And the reason why I'm including this in this episode about Ben and JLo is because there was a report after that that Jennifer Lopez was horrified by him talking so badly about his ex-wife in the press and that she was pissed at him over this. And so Jennifer Lopez commented on this whole situation to People Magazine. She said, this story is simply not true. It's not how I feel. I couldn't have more respect for Ben as a father, a co-parent, and a person. A source revealed that Jennifer Lopez has met Jennifer Garner and is trying to get to know her and Ben's kids. The Made in Manhattan star was spotted trick-or-treating with her twins Max and Emmy, 13, along with Jennifer Garner and her three children, Violet, 16, Serafina, 12, and son Samuel, 9. I wonder if that's true that they all went trick-or-treating together. Somehow I doubt that. I don't even know why. <laughs> but like it's just funny to me okay so you guys know I had to pause and investigate this whole Halloween trick-or-treating thing it's my favorite holiday so I can't let any JLo and Ben slander happen on my magical day of spookiness and saying they went trick-or-treating together I feel is a bold-faced lie from my very detailed research it seems as though Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck's kids live in a certain neighborhood with their mother Ben and JLo went to that neighborhood to go get Jennifer Garner and Ben's kids and take them trick-or-treating. So yes, Jennifer Garner was in the same neighborhood as J-Lo and Ben, <laughs> but they did not all go trick-or-treating together. There definitely would have been a photo of that. There's a photo of Ben, J-Lo, and two of the kids, and there's a separate photo of Jennifer Garner and another woman, but they're not even in front of the same house that I can see. And in Jennifer Garner's picture, there are no children. So I don't even know if she, maybe she was just walking down the street in her own freaking neighborhood. And something that I think makes this whole thing look shady and to me makes it seem like this was a PR stunt is that Ben and JLo both are not wearing masks to take their kid trick-or-treating. I don't mean COVID masks. I mean Halloween masks. A lot of the time when you see celebrities taking their kids trick-or-treating, they wear masks because it's an easy way to not be a celebrity for a day, right? And you don't want the focus to be on you. <laughs> you know, imagine if you're at home on Halloween watching Halloween or Scream or whatever, and you're shoveling popcorn and candy into your mouth and you hear the doorbell, you stumble over to the door and uh, there's J-Lo. I mean, of course, your focus is not going to be on the kids. You're going to be like, oh my God, it's J-Lo and oh my God, it's Ben. <laughs> you know? So I feel like the smart an appropriate thing to do to keep the attention on your children and give them this magical anonymous trick-or-treating experience and not a celebrity experience one that they have to probably deal with all the time you would wear you would cover your face because it's it's appropriate it's Halloween why not use that out and not be famous for a day and who knows maybe Ben and Jennifer were wearing masks they just took them off and that's when they happen to capture this photo. But it doesn't look like they're holding masks. They don't have any masks like on their head, on the top of their head. You know what I mean? 
So I don't know. It kind of feels like a setup thing to me. And I do think that it's possible that the Ben and JLo relationship is real, but they do set up situations to try to look good <laughs> for the paparazzi and the press and the public. So I don't know. I find this kind of weird. They definitely weren't all trick-or-treating as a big happy family, though. That did not happen. If this JLo and Ben relationship is real, though, I really would pay a lot of money to know how Jennifer Garner actually feels about it all, you know? If there could be, like, a truthful, serious conversation between me and that woman, I would just love to know what the hell she thinks. Because I think that my fear would be all those years we were married... Did he just wish he was with her the whole time? You know, does he wish he had kids with her? Does he wish that our marriage never happened? You know, I mean, I know it's more complicated than that, but she was one of the first people that I thought of, obviously, when I found out that Ben and JLo were back together. It's just, I don't know. It's complicated. I talked a little bit more about this in the first episode that I did. Benna for part one. So remember how I said that Ben didn't really talk much about JLo in the Howard Stern interview? He did say a couple of things, which I'll read now, but I still maintain that Howard was told not to ask about the current situation with JLo because Ben said the media attention around their romance played a huge role in the breakup. And he says, I would say it was about 50% of what destroyed our relationship. The idea that people hate you and they hate you together and that being together is poison and ugly and toxic and the thing none of us want to be a part of and who the fuck would want to have them to dinner and what the fuck are they doing together? After Lopez ended her engagement to him, I got fucking hurt and angry and felt like a fool, he said. I mean, if he cheated on her in the strip club, he is a fool, so whatever, but who knows? I actually did a poll on the Ashley and Jessicast Instagram and I I didn't think that you guys were going to be so savage. I asked, do you think that Ben cheated on Jennifer during their original relationship? And you guys voted. 77% voted yes and 23% voted no. I was surprised, honestly. I didn't think people were that sure and that convinced. Also, just speaking of polls, I asked, have you stayed friendly with any of your exes? 28% said yes, and 72% said no. 72% of you guys have not stayed friendly with any of your exes. That's surprising. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not surprising. Relationships are so freaking complicated. I would love to hear more details for those of you who have stayed friendly with your exes, because I think what that takes is an interesting conversation. I can't believe I'm getting to the end of my notes on this topic. It's actually like, it's been a long road, guys. So let's, we're done with 2021. Let's go to 2022. Ben is still promoting the tender bar and JLo is promoting Marry Me. Marry me, marry me, say yes. Okay, so... Ben did an interview with his forever bestie, Matt Damon, for Entertainment Weekly. And he basically gave Gigli and <laughs> Jennifer credit for how his life turned out. He said, the truth about that movie and what it taught me was how much everything around a movie sort of dictates the way people see it. Explaining that while the movie itself doesn't work, the industry was actually much more invested in his off-screen life than what was happening on film. 
the studio at the time because I had begun having this relationship with Jennifer Lopez, which was selling a lot of magazines and appeared to generate a lot of enthusiasm. They just predictably latched onto, they want a romantic comedy. They want the two of them together. More of that. But he is quick to find the silver linings, adding, if the reaction to Gigli hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't have ultimately decided I don't really have any other avenue but to direct movies, which has turned out to be the real love of my professional life. So in those ways, it's a gift. And I did get to meet Jennifer, the relationship with whom has been really meaningful to me in my life. I've said this many times, but sometimes the worst things in your life, the biggest mistakes, end up being the things that guide you on your path toward the thing that you're actually supposed to be doing with your life and Ben has had such huge success directing. I totally see what he's saying there. And so we get to late January, early February 2022 and Jennifer is on her press tour for Marry Me. She had basically refused to talk about Ben at all before this press tour. She hasn't been doing many interviews in 2021 anyway. But the ones that she has done, I've noticed if they do bring up Ben at all, she will just give kind of a generic answer. And so she finally started talking about him for this press tour, which makes complete sense. Whether or not they are in a PR relationship, of course, she's going to use all of this to her advantage. And she's going to starve the media of quotes. And then when it's time to promote a movie, she's going to go into overhaul. But she really didn't. She's been pretty coy about answering questions and this clip from Ellen pretty much gives a great example of how she's been acting in these interviews. I haven't seen you in a while and I don't know if there's anything new that I should know about but I (laughs) so never would I pry right what was it like the first night getting back together I mean I (laughs) I can't imagine I mean it must be like oh my god we're back together after 18 years that's like Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah, I don't don't think anybody was more surprised than us. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it is. No, seriously, though. I mean, that's just, would you ever have imagined that it comes full circle, it ends up like this? No, you never could imagine something like that could happen. I'm happy. It's a a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're happy. You deserve it. You work so hard. Thank you. And and as you know, love is the most important thing. Absolutely. So that's all that matters to me is that you're happy and that you're in love. Seriously. Um, you're sweet. And there it is right there. It is. It's I did, right, it's I did my interview for Marry Me, and then they put Jennifer Lopez in love on the cover. Yep. Yes, that's nice. Well, it, and that's... It's true, though. Yeah, that's... So. It's, so as you heard, she doesn't say much, and Ellen actually kind of steered the conversation away from Ben herself, so that leads me to believe that Ellen was also told, don't linger on Ben and Jennifer. Ellen is holding up Jennifer's People magazine cover, which says Jennifer Lopez in love, so that's what they were talking about, and I'll read some quotes from that in just a moment, but... This Ellen interview, even though Jennifer was being coy, she confirmed she's in love with Ben, which I'm sure most of us would assume, but for her actually to choose to confirm that rather than something else, I don't know, I thought was interesting. I think Jennifer is very calculated about what she shares and what she doesn't share. So just something to think about. So in that People Magazine article, Jennifer says, 
I feel so lucky and happy and proud to be with him, she says, reflecting on their rekindled romance from the sun-drenched room in her house that's become Affleck's office when he's there. It's a beautiful love story that we got a second chance. After the couple who first dated from 2002 to 2004 but called off their engagement reconnected last spring and sparks flew, they had a little bit of fear, says Lopez, acknowledging the circus that surrounded them the first time around. Before we kind of put our relationship out there and we were naive and it got a little trampled. This time, she says, we were both like, wow, we're so happy and we don't want any of that to come into play again. We're older now, we're smarter, we have more experience, we're at different places in our lives. We have kids now and we have to be very conscious of those things. We are so protective because it is such a beautiful time for all of us. I just feel very happy and lucky to be in a relationship that's happy and loving, and I want to do everything I can to protect that and keep it safe. It deserves that. It really does. We hold it sacred. But nearly two decades later, things are different. It's beautiful the way it feels very different than it was years ago. There's more of an appreciation and a celebration for it, which is nice, says Lopez, who treasures their second chance at love. When you find somebody and you really, really love them and you get a second chance at that, that is a really rare, precious, beautiful thing, and we don't take it for granted. While she agrees it can be delicate bringing kids into any new relationship, she says, I honestly believe that love rules all. Love always conquers everything. Relationships, kids, work, work relationships. It's all about how loving, open, and accepting you can be. Not having an ego about things and just embracing all the good, always looking at the positive. When you're in a good, healthy relationship, everybody benefits from that. Everybody. I don't mean to be negative, but does it seem like she's basically just saying a whole lot of nothing? <laughs> she's just kind of saying platitudes, right? Like she's not talking about anything specific that actually gives us any insight. I mean, yes, she does say we were nervous because of what happened the last time, but that is something we could all just infer. You know, we don't really need her to tell us that. And I think he's already said that in multiple interviews, so... Mm, little bored. A loving and respectful partner, Affleck49, has put in the hard emotional work to better himself along the way, she says. Now, when they say things like that in articles, it really makes me think they're referencing that he cheated on her in the past or that he did something to her in the past. You know what I mean? I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of the man he's become that I've watched from afar. Being honest with each other, being loving, that's just the basis of everything. I feel like he's at a place in his life where, just like how I feel about myself, it's been a journey of learning yourself and figuring yourself out, getting to a place where you feel really good on your own and who you are so you can be in a happy, healthy relationship. To see the person, the human being, the man that he is today, the father that he is today, and the partner he is, he is so everything I always knew he was and wanted to be. That's romantic. That's romantic as hell. You can't deny that. Real life fairy tales can be a tricky thing, Lopez allows, but she's still a believer. What I can teach my children is that real love exists, she says. Some things can be forever, but it doesn't mean they have to have a straight line. I just want my future to be full of love and happiness with my children and my partner. I think everybody just wants to be happy with somebody to go on the journey with and grow old with. And I feel good about that right now. Blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of this is, again, just platitudes. Of course, everybody wants someone to grow old with, etc. So Jennifer and Maluma sat down with Gail King on CBS to talk about the movie. And I think, again, Gail was told not to ask about Ben. But she did ask, how do you know when you found the one? 
How do you know that? Because you do seem to be you in do, a very different do, place. Yes, you know. <laughs> you know when it's not quite right, yeah. too, you know? And I think we do this thing where we, like, we're hopeful. Yes. Or hopeless and sometimes, or hopeful, right? Like, we do the thing where it's like, well, maybe this could work. But when, when you really, really love someone, mm -hmm. when it's something that's almost not your choice, it's just mm -hmm. that's who you are and that's mm -hmm. who they are, you know. You do seem you to do know. You do seem to know this time. Yes, I do know yeah. this time. But that's what they said 20 years ago. <laughs> in all those interviews. Who remembers? I just went over it in the last episode. They kept asking Jennifer, how do you know this time? How do you know this time? Because she had been married before and multiple times. And it was like, well, what's so different about Ben? And she explained like basically the same thing. And here we are 20 years later. So it's just funny. Just funny. But honestly, it is interesting to think about. I mean, it's hard enough dealing with relationships when you're not a celebrity and dealing with, you know, societal pressure and friend opinions and family opinions and all of that kind of stuff. Imagine dealing with the whole world opinions. Imagine dealing with the whole world being like, so why can't you find the right guy? <laughs> you know, I don't envy her in that aspect. Jennifer Lopez was on the cover of Rolling Stone. This was only her second Rolling Stone cover. And honestly, I feel like Jennifer should have had an iconic Rolling Stone cover at some point. Her other Rolling Stone cover is not really iconic. It's her in this kind of like gladiator wear. And I don't know, it just... It's not an image that really sticks with you. Like there are several people, obviously Brittany, Janet, even Christina, you know, had a couple of covers that I remember. They might not have been super iconic, but I remember them. You know what I mean? When I saw Jennifer on the February 2022 Rolling Stone cover, my first thought was, is this her first Rolling Stone cover? And then I remembered that, no, she had been on the cover before, but I couldn't even picture the image until I Googled it. So this cover isn't particularly iconic either. I mean, she looks really good, but it's not like an iconic cover, you know? So this is actually a great article about Jennifer. They don't focus that much on the relationship with Ben, but who cares? Like, it's just a really good article. If you're a fan of hers, I highly recommend reading it. It is online, so you don't have to get the magazine. And so regarding Ben, they asked, what about your relationship with Affleck? Is that finally belatedly turning out well? Jennifer replies, I won't talk about it a lot. We've both grown. We're the same and we're different. And that's what's nice. And then the interviewer goes, nice? nice <laughs> in italics as if that's like not appropriate enough for her to say she's obviously saying I'm not going to talk about it a lot so saying it's nice is kind of in line with that right so she says yeah having a second chance at real love yeah and then they wrote that her leg was shaking I guess she was nervous like I said, we learned a lot. We know what's real, what's not real. So it's just the game has changed. Again, I'm trying not to say too much. Jennifer has a producing partner and friend of many years. Elaine Goldsmith Thomas is her name. She's a very prolific producer. She's produced a lot with Jennifer Lopez and a lot without Jennifer. But the Jennifer project she's produced include Made in Manhattan, Jennifer Lopez Dance Again, which is Jennifer's documentary, The Boy Next Door, Shades of Blue, Second Act, Hustlers, Marry Me, and Shotgun Wedding. That's the one that Jennifer has coming out later this year, as well as World of Dance. So her talents really stretch across a lot of different genres. She's also produced The Fosters, Emily in Paris. She also produced one of my favorite rom-coms starring Brittany Murphy called Little Black Book. Oh, so good. She was quoted as saying, 
Here was a woman who had the number one movie and the number one album. That had never happened, and they were writing about Puffy. A year later, Made in Manhattan was number one. But here's what the press said. Ben Affleck sleeps with the help. She just didn't get the credit that other, I don't know how else to say it, white actresses got. And I know, because I worked with them. South Park called her a mean-spirited bitch in an episode that poked fun at her Latin heritage. Conan O'Brien said that, as stand-ins for the couple in a sketch, he'd cast our script intern as Affleck and our cleaning lady as Lopez. Ooh, that sucks. I didn't know Conan said that. I love Conan, but that's rough. It was brutal, Lopez says. It was brutal. It's one of those things that you bury very deeply so you can move on and get about your business. You know, probably because I was a young little white girl, I didn't even understand or realize how racist a lot of the mocking on Ben and J-Lo was. But now, like, I'm thinking back on that South Park episode and I remember laughing at it and thinking it was really funny even though I was a fan of J-Lo then and am now. I'm not going to rewatch it, but just remembering some of the jokes, it was insanely racist. You know, and it sucks that we're spoon fed that stuff as kids and we don't even realize it's racist because we don't know enough about the world yet. We grow up thinking shit like that is funny. It's not. Jennifer said she was able to compartmentalize until eventually she wasn't. It's funny because Ben and I were together and we were so in love. It was one of the happiest times of my life. But also there was this other thing happening where we were being criticized and it really destroyed our relationship from the inside out because we were just too young to understand at that time what were really the most important things in life. Then later on in the article, she says, I'm really happy, probably more than I've ever been in my whole life. She connects that happiness to Affleck, though she won't specify what about him makes her happy or what made her less happy before. Or rather, she will specify some of those things, but she asks me to turn my recorder off before she says them, an act that seems calculated to show the calculations she's making. She talks about reading the book, You Can Heal Your Life, which taught her that she should control how she thought about things, even if she couldn't control the things themselves. She says, for me, it's always been very important to figure myself out. She does not foresee another public breakup with Affleck in her future. I don't think we would have gotten back together if we thought that's where it was headed. Well, duh, nobody starts dating thinking, hey, you know, we're probably going to break up, but it's fine. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess some people do, but I'm not even saying that she's stupid for saying that, but like, what a stupid question. What did they ask her? It doesn't say the exact question that they asked her, but it seems like they asked her something like, do you think it's going to last this time? Of course she's going to say yes. She's not going to be like, no, I don't think it's going to last, but you know, I enjoy the guy. I like his company for now. No. <laughs> Jennifer continues, we feel like what we found again is so much more important and how we protect that and how we live our lives. What to share, what not to share is the balance that we have now, the benefit of experience and the wisdom that we gained over the years. Ben and Jennifer were seen together in... New York City the first week of February and then they flew to LA for the Marry Me premiere on February 8th. There are very cute pictures of them together on the red carpet and of course it says Marry Me behind them very big so <laughs> you know definitely suggests a certain something. Jennifer did a few interviews on the red carpet but she didn't talk about Ben very much and he didn't do any of the interviews with her. So again, that's very different from their past relationship. Marry Me was officially released on February 11th, 2022. And as of Wednesday, February 23rd, it has made $18.1 million domestically and 37.1 worldwide. It only had a budget of 23 million, which I was really surprised because having seen it, I'm surprised they pulled that off for 23 million. Good for them. So the movie is doing 
good. It's not killing it. It's not slaying at the box office. I've seen some people talk about how disappointing these numbers are. Honestly, for a romantic comedy, which is almost completely a dead genre, with two lead stars who still do very well but aren't as big as they were 20 years ago, during a pandemic, I don't think it's that bad. It also has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and I think that's pretty good for this type of movie too. So it's only been two weeks. They've already made a profit. Expect more rom-coms from J-Lo in the future, for sure. And uh, I mean, we're already getting one with Shotgun Wedding coming out in a few months. But I think you're going to see another one go into pre-production very soon. And I only mention this to point out, real or not, the Benefer PR machine, it's working, right? Because this movie was pretty successful. And I say all this to point out, real or not, the Benefer PR machine is working out for jennifer this time around not working out as much for ben the last duel has critically done well but it has made 30.6 million worldwide on a budget of 100 million Ooh, that is rough but 86 percent on rotten tomatoes by the way i was just looking at ben's wikipedia and his personal life tab has eight subheadings and It says personal life, one, marriage and children, two, relationship with Jennifer Lopez, three, other relationships. (laughs) She gets her whole own section, baby. The Tender Bar got a limited release on December 17th, 2021 and was released on Prime Video on January 7th. That one has 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't find any box office numbers for it, so it must have had a really bad little run there for the couple weeks that it was but I feel like Ben still has a general respect around his name now that he definitely didn't have the last time that he and JLo were together like it's February right now so we're almost a year into them getting back together you guys and a year into them getting together the first time The opinion of them was very low. (laughs) Things were not going well. So it's definitely better this time around, even if it is all just PR. The vibe around it is definitely less mocking, less critical. And I think that a lot of that really has to do with the way that the world is loving Y2K nostalgia at this moment. So we're at the end of our journey together, you guys. And I promised you that I would give a definitive answer on whether or not Jennifer and Ben are in a PR relationship or if they are truly back in love, back together, and giving it another go. I'm just going to say it point blank. I think that they are really back together. Some of you are going to laugh at me. In fact, 50% of you are going to laugh at me because when I asked on the Ashley and Jessica's Instagram story, are Ben and Jen really back together or is this a PR stunt? 50% of you said yes and 50% of you said no. It was exact split. And here's the thing, I think the reason why it is 50-50 like that so evenly is for the very simple fact that it's kind of both. Do I think that they're actually back together? Yes, I do. And I'll explain why. But I also think that they are both Leos. They love attention. They love people talking about them. They love feeling special. They do not mind at all when all eyes are on them. And I think... That is one of the reasons why their relationship imploded in the first place all those years ago because they were claiming that the attention was too much and they didn't want to be on the cover of all those tabloids and they didn't want a helicopter at their wedding. 
but they also couldn't help but enjoy all the attention. And they couldn't help but feed into that attention. I mean, just look at that Dateline interview from July 2003. Yeah, they were promoting a movie, but come on. They were already on the cover of every tabloid every single week. They were being talked about more than any other couple. They were two of the most famous people on planet Earth. They didn't have to do a Dateline special a year into their relationship to promote that movie. That movie was getting promoted naturally just from them existing. I mean, if you remember back then, they were getting so much freaking coverage and they played into it completely. And it's one of the things that burned them in the end. And this happens to so many celebrities. I really don't blame them. Think about what a mindfuck it would actually be to be as famous as they are. I'm not talking about average famous. I'm not talking about on one successful TV show type of famous and then you kind of just do conventions for the rest of your life. I'm talking about that level of fame where you're photographed everywhere you go and you're on the cover of every tabloid and you have millions of fans and the press is reporting on your every move and all that kind of shit. That stuff really messes with you and I think it really did mess with them 20 years ago and that's why I don't think that they would get together again just for PR. I really don't. I think that we were dealing with some real feelings and some real broken hearts 20 years ago. And I just don't see them jumping back into this just so their movies do better. Their movies were already doing pretty good. I mean, J-Lo has had a career peak the last few years with Hustlers, with her tour, with performing at the Super Bowl, performing at the inauguration. I mean, for the first time in 20 years, Jennifer is being taken seriously again. Why would she jump back into a relationship with Ben Affleck for PR? I think she would only do it if she genuinely wanted to be with him. Why would she get back into a relationship that ruined her credibility and made her a laughingstock after the breakup? It's too risky, right? She has this clout now. I mean, if you told people in 2004, 2005, 2006 that Jennifer Lopez would be performing at the presidential inauguration, they would have laughed at you. They, I, undoubtedly, they would have laughed at you. I'm telling you, nobody would have bought that. And Ben Affleck as well. Ben Affleck doesn't need the obsessive media bullshit that he went through with Jennifer the first time. He doesn't need that again. He doesn't want that again. I highly, like, what would be the benefit of it? Honestly, like, people that are so quick to say, oh, it's just PR, it's just PR. I'm just not one of those people. Maybe it's because, this is going to sound arrogant, maybe it's because I've worked in the business since I was really young, and I have met tons of celebrities and I've worked with a lot of celebrities like I see them more as people I don't just see them as like soulless money hungry fame seeking we'll do anything for another buck we'll do anything for a good picture we'll do anything for higher box office numbers I don't see them like that I think some of them are like that but I am not the person that automatically is like the pessimist that automatically goes to, oh, it's all fake, it's all bullshit, it's all for PR. I think people want to believe that about celebrities because they have to believe that celebrities are just soulless assholes 
or they'll be too jealous of them to like function, honestly. Anytime I see people talking about like how ridiculous celebrities are in general, just like all of them are so ridiculous, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, a lot of them are ridiculous, but I think it's just like any other profession. There's good eggs and bad eggs. There's idiots and geniuses. There's people that are obsessed with the wrong things and people that put more meaning into their life as an entertainer or an artist. And I don't know these people, but I just think if I believe that what happened in 2002, 2003 is real, then I have to believe that this time around it's real as well. However, I also said that the other 50% of people saying that it's fake and PR were right too. So what do I mean by that? I think that every relationship Jennifer Lopez has had since P. Diddy, she has had meetings with her team on how to use this relationship to further her career. I really do. I think that she has successfully maneuvered through every era of her career and every relationship and every heartbreak. I don't think Jennifer has ever had a relationship that was just for PR. I really don't. But even when she married Chris Judd, which obviously wasn't a PR stunt. I mean, he wasn't even famous. He was her backup dancer. The way that she would talk about him in interviews and how much like her getting married was a part of her narrative at that time. She was talking about the relationship in a certain calculated way. And she was almost playing a role even in that relationship. Just like she was with P. Diddy, but it was a different role, right? It's almost as though as her career has evolved, she's molded her relationships with her entire persona. And you saw that a lot with A-Rod. I mean, J-Lo and A-Rod were becoming an entity, right? It was like a benefer, you know? It was like J-Rod or whatever, which never caught on because it sounds stupid. But they were very much working together. They had investments together. They would do brand deals together. They had a YouTube together. They were all over each other's Instagrams. They very much were promoting themselves as a couple, almost as equally as they were promoting themselves as separate entities. Now, some people say that JLo just got back with Ben as a PR stunt so that she could look like the winner in the A-Rod and JLo relationship. A-Rod cheated on her. She wants to come out smelling like roses. Look at me. I'm on top of the world again. Of course, I think that that is part of why she got back together with Ben. I think it's real, but I think, of course, that's part of the reason why. How many people do you know that jumped into something on the rebound from an ex? We all want to look good in front of our exes. And especially now <laughs> in the era of social media, I've seen some of my friends pose for these like intimate pictures to put on their Instagrams with these guys they just met and then their exes panic. And it's like, it's all a game, you know? It doesn't mean that Jennifer didn't genuinely have her interest peaked when Ben contacted her, but I'm sure she had ulterior motives. And here's another thing I think about Jennifer. I think she is so passionate about her career that there is no like onstage J-Lo and offstage J-Lo. You know how Beyonce is like, oh, I'm Beyonce, but I'm also Sasha Fierce when I get on stage. I don't think that Jennifer Lopez is like Jennifer 
and then J-Lo, the star. I think that J-Lo and Jennifer are the same, and I think Jennifer Lopez is as much the, the fabulous diva star as J-Lo is. And I think that she uses every single thing that happens to her in her career. I think everything is molded together. I don't think she's one of those celebrities that sits there and says, you know, there's the real me and then there's this like media version of me that's been created that isn't me. I don't think that that's, even if she has said that, I don't believe it. Like she may feel like the whole diva persona is not really her because she may feel like she's the nicest person in the world and she's not a diva and that's fine. But I think that the performer, the star, the entertainer, the dancer, the singer, the actress, I think those wheels are always turning. And I think that she is one of the greatest entrepreneurs of modern times. Honestly, I really, really do. Because she has managed to have so much success in her career, even when many things were stacked against her. You know, at the beginning, she didn't have the ideal body type. Remember, when she was coming up, everybody was obsessed with skinny ass white girls like Kate Moss. That was the hot look. Pamela Anderson, you know, when when JLo was becoming famous, that was the ideal. She really broke those barriers down for Latinas. There would be no Kardashians. I mean, I know they're not Latina, but they have that body type. There would not be Kardashians without Jennifer. Like that just would not have happened. <laughs> okay, like the obsession with Kim's body, that's not that does not exist without Jennifer Lopez. The milestones, the number one album and the number one movie at the same time. The first Latina woman to get paid a million dollars for a movie with Selena. The clothing line, the perfume. Remember, J-Lo did this before almost everybody else. Who had a perfume before J-Lo? Elizabeth Taylor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Who else? What other celebrity had a perfume before J-Lo? It was still very new. She believed in herself. She broke down all of these barriers. Coming back, being able to succeed again after this huge downfall with Ben and after this marriage to Mark Anthony where, you know, she said that he was toxic in many ways. And you could tell because she wasn't really herself in that relationship. She was more hidden, you know, and she doesn't like that. She likes to be in the public eye. You know, if she types out a new tweet, she likes to do 20 interviews about it. Like Jennifer loves being a celebrity. And that's one of the things that I love about her is like, I've never heard her say, oh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just an artist and I don't care about this fame. Every celebrity that you see all over the place like this loves being famous. An example of someone who doesn't love being famous is like Joaquin Phoenix. You know, like he legitimately doesn't enjoy being famous. You can tell because he never does any press unless he absolutely has to because he's promoting a movie. I mean, you never even know that he's going to show up to these award shows when he's nominated. And when he does show up, he looks like he just rolled out of bed. He doesn't give a shit. And, that, and, that, and I love that because you could tell that when he says shit like, oh, I'm just an artist. I don't want to be famous. You can tell that that's that's authentic. I think that Jennifer is using this relationship for PR. I think that she 100% calls the paparazzi. There's no doubt. Those pictures of her and Ben strolling in Central Park and hugging on the street in New York City and laughing and kissing together, those are staged paparazzi pictures. They were The paparazzi were called. Does that mean that she's not in love with him? No. Does that mean they're not in a real relationship? No, that's not what it means. It just means that they're using the relationship to promote themselves. And I think that it does work for Ben too, because it's like, look at me now, I'm sober. 
I'm a good man now. I've learned so much. I fucked it up with her the first time, but I'm not going to fuck it up the second time. You know, Miss Squeaky Clean J-Lo is accepting me back into her life. And so I completely understand why people think that it is just PR, but I think that if it were just a fake PR romance with a contract and all that kind of shit, I think that we would have seen Jennifer talk more about him on this Marry Me press tour. Her tight-lipped nature during the press tour and the way that when she was answering questions, she mostly was speaking in these platitudes and not really saying much. Like she would say several sentences and it wouldn't really amount to much. I think that that is a key clue that this is not a PR relationship because they are being careful, right? They're not saying everything that we want to hear. Like I am actually dying to hear if this is a real relationship, which I'm saying I believe it is, truly what was it like the first time that you were romantic together? I'm not even talking about sex. I'm just talking about like the first time that you broke that barrier that had been up since 2004 of like, okay, when we see each other, it's just, how are you? Good to see you. Okay. That fake politeness with exes, you know what I mean? When was that barrier broken? When did it become, okay, this is happening again after all of these years, after almost two decades, you're going to touch me in that way again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to, when we, when we hug and when we kiss before even getting back in bed, I'm, I'm saying like literally the very beginning, like what is going through your mind? Like it, you know, and did you all of those years ever say to yourself, like maybe we could give it another try or was it just a complete surprise? I am dying to know the shit. I think it's the most romantic story. If this is real, I think it's so romantic. Even if they don't end up like getting married, I think it's so romantic. The idea of getting back together all these years later, I really do think it's super, super fascinating. And she didn't answer any of those questions. And those questions, answering those questions would have helped promote this movie more. That and the fact that she's been so scarce about her Instagram posts on him and TikTok. Because Instagram and TikTok is the currency of our world today. And she posted a few TikToks with A-Rod in them during her relationship and many, 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 many Instagram posts with him. And he did the same on his Instagram. Ben isn't really active on his Insta, but Jennifer is extremely active and it was absolutely a solid choice that was discussed with her team, that was discussed with Ben to not post him on her Instagram hardly at all there are only a couple of pictures of him and they're not highlighted they're not the main pictures on the carousel and they're not even full-on frontal shots of them as a couple I just think if it was a PR contract it would have to be more current like it would have to involve social media I think she would at least be using social media a little bit more suggestively with him like maybe it wouldn't be a video of them together, but it would be an Insta story where you hear his voice in the background just to get everybody talking. Is that Ben? Is that Ben? You know, something like that. But she wants her Instagram to be all about her. And I love that. That's how it should be. But I think if it was a PR contract, she'd be posting either just as much as she did with A-Rod or at least more than she is now. But 
I think she's putting a wall up because she doesn't want the relationship to implode the way that it did in 2004. Same thing with Ben on Howard Stern. You know, I'm sure he would have loved if his Howard Stern interview was getting spread around because of all the romantic, beautiful things he said about J-Lo rather than him getting trashed over and over again because it sounded like he was dissing Jennifer Garner, you know? But I don't think he was going to talk about Jennifer Lopez in that way because I don't think he wanted to open that door again. I think these are two people who truly care about each other. And you could argue, well, they're just holding back because they don't want to give their whole hand away too early. They don't want people to get sick of them because then the PR is over and it'll backfire again and their movies won't do well again. They have to keep the PR machine rolling, so they're going to give a little bit. They're going to give one sentence, two sentences, but they're not going to reveal everything. And again, that's a good point. I think that's why the 50% versus 50% answer makes sense because it is complicated. And I could be, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out either way. Like if I found out for a fact that it was a PR relationship, I wouldn't be very surprised. And if I found out for a fact that it wasn't, I wouldn't be very surprised either. Now I have a little bit of tea. It's not steaming hot tea, but I do know somebody who worked with Jennifer on Shades of Blue. And she said that I could quote her directly, but she asked me not to share her name or her position on the TV show. It's not really tea about Ben, but it does give some insight into who Jennifer is as a person. So here we go. I don't really know anything about her relationship with Ben, but I can tell you that Jennifer is very dedicated to her career, but family comes first. She was constantly talking about her kids, Alex, her parents, her sisters, FaceTiming them, having them visit, texting them, etc. It really was most of what she talked about, and her kids were so cute. It seems like she is a great mother. I don't think she would bring Ben or anyone into their life like that just for PR. Now that's kind of interesting right because this is somebody that was with her on set day in and day out I think shade of shades of blue was like three seasons so that's pretty significant and we were having a conversation and I said you know I think if it is just for PR they hang out with their kids and each other's kids a lot for it to be just PR like that just seems so dark like dragging your kids into it and I know people do that and I know there's a lot of people that exploit their kids on social media for views and money and things like that but just does Jennifer Lopez have to do that at this point at age 52 with all the milestones that I mentioned with all the movies all the albums all the entrepreneurial success like really JLo is gonna is gonna get back with her ex from 20 years ago and have him get to know her children and spend time with them I mean there's no way that she's just trotting out her children like that for a photo op, right? I mean, that's just, that's mental. I mean, just today, when I googled Jennifer, to make sure I didn't miss anything for this episode, her and Ben and her kids went all bowling together. Like, really? At this point in your life, you're gonna waste your time bowling with this man who you don't really care about and you're just with so that you can be photographed with him? You're gonna spend your precious time with your kids at a bowling alley with this man you don't care about. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think they're in a real relationship. I do. So maybe I'm just a hopeless romantic. <laughs> but I just think it makes more sense that they're together. Like I think it's one of those things. It's like stranger than fiction, you know? Like it's too good to be true. But it's so good to be true that it it might just be true. <laughs>
bottom line is, I think if she had milked it more during the Marry Me press tour, I would have said, eh, this relationship is fake. But I don't know. I feel like she's guarding it. And why would you guard it if the whole point of the relationship is to drum up publicity? (laughs) So I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I hope there are more cheesy PR stunts in the Benefer relationship because I, I like the cheesy PR stunts. You know, I think they're fun. I think at this point, fame is so blended into their lives. It really doesn't even matter. Like I think that they just know this is what we're going to do if we're together. I think it's like we're going to promote our relationship when we want to. We're going to get people talking when we want to. Like that recreation of the Jenny from the block yacht thing with him touching her butt. Like Jennifer really expects us to believe that that was just a coincidence. I can't. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that was so obviously a PR stunt. So that's my bottom line. I think the relationship is real, but I think that they do do PR stunts within the relationship. I think they're using the relationship to their advantage and protecting it at the times they want to protect it. And I think it's so fun. I love it. I I can't wait to see what they do next. I will show up. I will watch the movies. I will listen to the music because I'm a stan and that's just the way it goes. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was a long one. I cannot believe how much I know about these people. I don't even, I'm sick of them now which is really saying something like if I'm sick of them, there's a problem. So um, I just need to step away from them for a little while. (laughs) We're going to have some more Jessica and Ashley episodes coming at you as well as my next series. I'm really excited. I'm not going to announce it yet, but I've started doing research and oh my God, it's going to be longer than this series. I'm sure it really is. It's not a couple. It's a single person. So You'll just have to wait and see. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and I appreciate you all. And DM me, let me know. Am I crazy? Are Ben and Jen just a bullshit PR contract couple? Maybe they are, but uh, I don't know. I don't think so. If I had to bet, gun to my head, I'd say they're together. Thanks for listening, guys. Love you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.